Yeah, yeah. Living Plus. Look, the world's tough. It's tough. It's getting tougher. What our incredible new product offers is a sanctuary. It's a place where it doesn't feel you or your mom or dad are surviving life. It's somewhere you're really living. Living Plus. Hello, welcome to the Extra Credits of Succession, Season 4, Episode 6. I'm Trey. And I'm Kelsey. Kelsey. The juice is loose. Let's go. <laughs> Everyone, get on your flight suits. Kendall Roy, our number one boy, is taking us to the moon. Let's go. I love it. Kendall is back. There's a new Hell yeah. space cowboy in town, or I guess he says cowboys, <laughs> but we know how this episode ends. Yes. And did you know? Well, I, I don't think you listened to the HBO pod, but no. Jeremy Strong actually had the idea to have the flight suit in that episode. Did you know Jeremy Strong was at the Met Gala last night? Oh, wow. Yes. So I'm not surprised. He might have worn the space cowboy suit. <laughs> Let me <laughs> look. Wait, Gala. I have. Actually, I think he was wearing like some kind of brown suit or something. It feels. Oh, I just Googled Kendall Roy Met Gala. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're they're one and the same person. But yeah, no, he's wearing, I guess it's a brown. Yeah, he, it looks very Scooby-Doo, which is ironic because of the amount of time Scooby-Doo has been referenced in this season so far. But also, wait. Google Images says Alexander Skarsgård was there. Yes. Could you imagine a succession episode at the Met Gala? That would be amazing. It would be like the celebrities. I would have loved that. In the universe, they could have so many different people showing up. Free ideas for season five. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I'm i not a big Met Gala guy. I get big Hunger Games vibes okay. from it. <laughs> um, but I did enjoy seeing some of the images online, even though I don't really get it. I, I saw Robert Pattinson. He oh, was there. Okay. A lot of his ex-girlfriends. Shout out Kristen Stewart. Um, but you're right. I think, you know, Kendall Roy and Jeremy Strong, they look very similar in this photo. I mean, he's bringing big Kendall energy yeah, to the Met Gala. Yeah, KLR, one and the same. You could say he is living right now. Living plus. <laughs> <laughs> I had to. Uh, just so you know, everybody, this will be a very good year for America, for okay. democracy, oh. <laughs> for ad revenue, for our shareholders of the Extra Credits Plus, which is our, our new release. We're going to do audio plus video on the extra credits plus some say it's like spotify has become youtube <laughs> yeah um we should let people know though that we're not actually doing we're not video. doing video yeah, yeah i don't think <laughs> but i love the, the extra credits plus joke no i loved when she was talking about like right before kendall comes on it's like this is going to be great for democracy yes. and all the shareholders <laughs> the investors day but yeah. I love extra credits plus, uh, you know, Trey, if it feels scary, yeah, <laughs> it's because the potential is scary. <laughs> okay. God, this is such an uncomfortable episode. Yeah, let's get into one of the cringiest episodes uh, maybe ever made ah. in succession. They really embraced the cringe here. Let's do it. Fuck off. You fired Jerry? Shiv's yeah. godmother, Jerry? Yeah, but we may need to roll back on that. Fuck it, bro. Why not? To get a little pat on the back from him is like, all right, yeah, let's fire Jerry. I mean, look at you. <laughs> Who are you going to fire next? I mean, fire Frank, fire Carl, <laughs> fucking eat Greg and fire me, man. Yeah, I don't know. It's You're big. There's a different ways of looking at how violent he is with his firings. Is that a disaster or is it a great strength to be able to do those things? We sort of have to wait and see. Okay, Trey. So let's get into not just surviving, mm -hmm. but living. <laughs> living plus. plus. <laughs> let's talk about the protein of this episode. So. 
The Roy children are at Waystar Studios. We're back in LA. It's investor day. Yeah, very cool. Logan had something cooking before he left us. Cruises on land. <laughs> so Living funny. plus. Are basically <laughs> like resorts. I guess they're recreating retirement communities. Yeah, I thought maybe like a Disney park sure. kind of theme living situation. I love but, it. You know, there's security, but then there's fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can interact with the characters from the Waystar cinematic universe. Yeah. You will be able to participate in ATN debates where people can really just enter both the meta and physical echo chamber. You know, I heard that's where Tucker Carlson is now working. <laughs> he He's there on Sundays at 3 p.m. arguing with Don Lemon about very important geopolitical issues. I guess they have to fold in peers too somewhere. Yes. And they also have Steven Crowder. <laughs> debating 19 year olds on college campuses across the country playing 24 seven. He doesn't go to sleep. It's just 24 seven cycle debating 19 yeah, year olds. Children. Yeah. If yeah. like woman should have rights. Yeah. But you just, should but they? you just, <laughs> but should they? Oh my God. That's so good. I feel like, I mean, succession, that's why it's so good because there are so many clowns to yeah. like pull from in real life uh, yeah. with Tucker and, and uh, Crowder, Chowder, I don't know what his last name is. Crowder. but Stephen Chowder is better. Let's yeah. go with that. Uh, okay, so back, back to succession. <laughs> Matson is trying to get Shiv to stop the launch. I love when he calls her and he's like, I don't like it. Can you stop it? Yeah. And Shiv is obviously keeping her options open, as we've been saying, yeah. as always. And her brothers are, are kind of trying to tank the deal. She knows that's happening because she knows when they're lying, she's grown up with them. Mm -hmm. She knows what it's like when Kendall falsely accuses her for spilling chocolate milk in the Range Rover. It's those kind of early <laughs> sibling memories that really yeah. give an authenticity to the show. Yeah, I feel like we all have those sibling memories. Yeah. It's, it's great writing. And then we have tightrope Tom Wong yeah. <laughs> telling her to be careful of, what does he call him? The... The Swede? The no, the she's a Swedie. Oh, oh, the striking Viking. Stri striking Viking. <laughs> That's, That's right. That's great. And we'll obviously talk more about Tightrope Tom and mm. their rekindled relationship. And the Bybee game. Yes. Yeah. And Roman is spinning out in this episode. He has his own compulsive kill list this episode. Yes. Kendall is playing Steve Jobs. It's the the role he is born to fill. And Logan is still looming, but just more literally, <laughs> like in an actual video, maybe the last video he ever made in his life. I hope not. I hope we just keep having <laughs> <laughs> videos of Logan resurface for the rest of the season. Just launch announcements for yeah, ATN and great. Waystar. Yeah. And then a shout out to the editors and audio engineers. They were able to manipulate Logan to announce a double earnings in the park division, sending Matson into sabotage mode. Or as Gregory Hirsch would say, do your job. Yeah, How about that, oh Mr. God. Snippy Snip? <laughs> what is it? A robo pitch? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Pitch bot. We'll talk about Greg later today. Yeah. But the most important thing that we learn in this episode is actually from Roman, and I only caught it the second time we were watching it. He says that Matson doesn't have juice past 192, and that's Intel from TELUS from the very first episode. He is back. Telly. And Kendall is making up numbers enough to make you lose your faith in capitalism. <laughs> he's making the company too big to buy. Yeah. I love when he's talking to Pete and the, you know, Pete's like, Oh, you know, there's 500, I guess in Florida, Colorado, whatever other state. And Ken goes, can we make it a thousand? Can we Pete? <laughs> numbers? They're just numbers. They're just numbers. What is the highest credible number? That's a headline. 
And this is a similar move to what Logan, I think, was trying to do with Pierce. Oh, yeah. With the Sandy and Stewie situation uh, to make it too big to buy. But Kendall, as always, is trying to get creative with numbers and solve things in-house because that's really the only leverage that he has in his life is to is, is Waystar, I guess. Yeah. He doesn't really have none of them. None of the children do like have this bully energy to make moves outside of that. But what I cannot wait for speaking of Sandy and Stewie is Stewie to make a living plus joke. I feel like that's coming coming. next episode. 100%. (laughs) But then at the end we have a toast to our King, our Kings. We don't want to leave anyone out and Queens and Kenny ending up in the water as always. Yes. There's a lot of symbolism there that we'll talk about. Yeah. Okay, so before we get to our awards and the power rankings for this episode, do you have any ATN headlines? I did not catch any of this episode. There weren't any on the television screens that I noticed, but I did see at Waystar Studios, there were some movie posters. Oh, yeah. Okay. People were going in for Investor Day. There was a poster that said Legends End Time. Okay. (laughs) Which in revisiting Marvel movies to watch Guardians of the Galaxy 3 this week, where we just started Endgame last night. Okay. So maybe that's a nod. Yeah. Legends End Time, Marvel's Avengers Endgame, possibly. There was Dark Moon, which I was thinking of Dark Side of the Moon, Transformers. Oh, okay. So maybe that's the Clis Patron movie. Twilight when you said that. That's also true. It could have been a Twilight shout out. There was Girl Zero. Not sure what that was referring to. And then inside the... Some like feminist, uh, like probably. throwaway movie that Roman would talk about. Yeah. yeah. Steven Crowder is not going to be in that, yeah. that movie. Dodrick and Friends was another poster we saw. I saw that one. I thought that was you the one. noted some of his friends, which I did not know. Yeah, previously. I was like... <laughs> I didn't know there were I other like, character oh, names. I was like, oh, it's outline also. And Trey thought I totally made that name up. But I, a true fan of Succession, was <laughs> paying attention during Kendall's daughter's birthday yeah uh which you know we never see his kids again where are his kids although recently the actress who plays his daughter in succession commented Mm -hmm. under one of our insta posts it was the episode four right where kendall yes gets that document with logan did it did he underline kendall's name did he cross it out right and we posted that on insta for our episode four pod and in true supporting your fictional dad fashion, <laughs> commented underlined, which yeah. is amazing. <laughs> it's, a, it's evidence that Logan wanted Kendall to be the next CEO. I don't know. It's still a crossed out to me. She but. confirmed it. <laughs> um, speaking of comments, let's talk about some comments under Matson's Nazi tweet. Because okay. while that tweet was horrible, the comments underneath were pretty interesting. <laughs> I didn't know there were comments. Yeah. Somebody shouted it on Twitter. Shout out all the people that were doing that. So... There are two comments, both from people who have blue check marks, which I found hilarious. Okay, were considering they like you famous can pay for names them now. we know? No, no okay. idea what, who these people are. <laughs> oh, okay. So they were like trolling Elon. Right. Okay. So the, the first blue check mark well, program. I think they were. Yeah, they could have made a lot last second edit. So the first comment says, what would you say to an offer of immortality? I'd say, yes, please, God. Even if the <laughs> offer is from a talking dog. Second comment, who wants to live forever? Me. I'm in hashtag living plus hashtag. Yes, please. <laughs> Are these just succession like Waystar bots? Yeah, probably. <laughs> looks like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Is that it? Yeah. Let's get on to the awards. Okay. Uh, I'll let you go first. What's your cringiest moment? So this episode, like you said at the, at the top, is probably the most cringy episode of succession in recent memory. Yeah. I, this part of my doc is pretty full. Yeah. So let's take turns here. I want to start off with Brian Cox being back as Logan. His ghost opens this episode to (laughs) the Living Plus promo advertisement. And Logan is delivering this incredibly uncomfortable ad for Living Plus, which 
basically, I guess, is an entertainment resort that resembles the structure of a cruise line, but on land. So it's hilarious. And the Roy's have kind of repackaged a retirement community, which is cool. But it was just a really funny like scene from Logan and Brian Cox here because he's reading and he's saying, I couldn't be more excited. And the director is saying, maybe be excited when you say I couldn't <laughs> yeah. be more excited. So I want to just note that first initial like Logan scene again, because we haven't seen him in so long. It feels like it's so long, but it's only been a few episodes. Yeah. Um, and it was incredibly uncomfortable like the to Roy watch children. Kendall watch his father again. Yeah. He leaves such a hole in our lives. I actually want to bring up something here that I was uh, going to put in my tragic moments, but mm-hmm. I don't actually don't know if it's that tragic based off of how Kendall reacts to Logan's video throughout this whole episode and like editing it and manipulating his dad. Yeah. There's a part where in the actual video you're talking about when we open this episode, Logan's like, you're just as bad as my idiot kids. Exactly. And, uh, you know, he goes like, oh, sorry, sorry about that, Ken. And he's like, oh, no, like that's a Valentine's Day card. Yeah. And I at first was like, OK, tragic moment. But my second time watching it, I didn't put, in my, put it in my tragic moment because I thought, OK, he was mentioned like the kids were just mentioned. And I was assuming this was taken during the time they weren't speaking. Mm. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. It was probably one of the last things he actually shot. So it was a Valentine's Day card. I guess so. (laughs) He was, dad was thinking of me. (laughs) And also Kendall is looking at this video of his father, not because he misses his dad, like his siblings do. It's because he's using it basically as capital. Like he's trying to like, use it to sell. He's like, let's look at the archives, you know, let's make sure that this is double their earnings and let's act like investors don't know that technology (laughs) can can be used to make someone say something they, they didn't mean. Yeah. Um we'll we'll talk about that I think too later on in chess moves. For sure. Because I love when his mouth is not saying that. Yeah. It's so clear. <laughs> but my cringiest moment is actually very connected to yours. It's the Ken Jobs <laughs> I literally didn't mean to say that. Kendall playing Steve Jobs so funny. launch. Uh, yeah. Not only during this product launch, but also before in his planning stages, the very like Tony Stark, yes. you know, house on stage kind of thing at MIT that he does in, in Marvel. Yeah. But let's start with the actual speech itself. So I love when he goes out and he has this kind of doubt we understand planted in his speech Mm -hmm. and just starts kind of going off book it seems like he's spiraling big big shoes big shoes i think roman says something like big uh, mental breakdown or something (laughs) but the really the cringiest part though is when he says hey dad and turns to the screen for what you said was is this jurassic park right now really felt like that all the characters just are cringing in the room they're all like no roman's like grabbing like a cushion or something (laughs) he's like holding on to something yeah and and then ken's like performing sadness and i love on stage when he's like you know we had our differences ah this old guy never changes and Jerry also, I love when you can see Frank, Jerry and Carl up in that VIP area, like sitting so awkwardly yes. and exposed. Jerry's like, oh my God, wake me up when this is over. Like yeah. everyone is visibly cringing. They're really laying the breadcrumbs for the audience to think that this is all going to end terribly. Yeah. For and I was, I was totally taken with it too. I, I also thought Ken was going to have a similar birthday party from season three kind of spiraled downward. I always believed in my number one boy. So oh yeah. Okay. I yeah. Number one <laughs> in this hand. But 
I, I also love it because I thought a lot about the birthday party, which it makes sense. They have the same person directing this episode as they did Kendall's birthday party. You can just Good feel yeah. that it's Kendall Roy hour. And we see this guy's creative vision. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, that goes to my kind of second piece of this Kendall Roy, Steve jobs, which was the before stages, this planning of him wanting a house and clouds yeah. that he saw in Berlin one time. And I love when he goes, nothing crazy a brick house, you yeah, know, yeah. some like wood, but I don't know if you caught this. He says ATN on that wall. So like a TV playing ATN. Okay. And he says a picture of me aging on the other wall. Aging? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, that's so funny. I was going to bring up how this, this Ken living plus arc really reminded me of Wayland from Peter Prom- Wayland from Prometheus. <laughs> And his whole speech that wasn't actually in the movie that's on the behind the scenes DVD, which I recommend people check that out if you like Prometheus. Great film. That is so funny. I, How would Kendall treat a David? Do you know? I think he would love a David. Yeah. That would be amazing There's one for rule. Him. Don't say no. Don't say no, David. Yeah. Uh, I also want to mention really quickly because I don't want to forget that how hilarious it is that Jesse Armstrong and his team of writers are deciding to end this show by satirizing different things that they hate about capitalism right now which is tech industries based on growth but no actual value or fundamentals it's hilarious because we talk about on this podcast often when we talk about tv how it's so funny that we subscribe to so many plus accounts to watch (laughs) our favorite tv shows or movies and subscribe to so many different things that when we look at our monthly bills we're basically paying for cable again and it's like, yeah, guys, <laughs> the distributors got us like we are screwed. We're paying a hundred plus dollars just so we can get our, all the movies and TV shows we want. And again. I'm assuming I'm assuming like people are paying that and cable. Yeah. Plus cable. For sure. They probably are. We, we don't have cable, but I've, I just thought that was hilarious because now with Living Plus, you are basically paying for paying for a retirement home. Yeah. But just like with a fun aesthetic. Yeah. Keys won't need them. Yeah. <laughs> Directors so will stop by with, you know, some cuts. Actors certainly will. Yeah. Uh, the other really funny part of this is that he mentions that Raj is going to throw him a softball question at the end. And oh. so when he looks at the end of his actual performance to have Raj, like, uh, you know, throw him the softball question That's about living plus, he <laughs> asks him about Mattson's tweet. Jeez, and I love Raj. Carolina right before that. She's like, can someone let Ken know like he, that he's about to jump face first into a buzzsaw? Yeah. Is that what she says? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I think he handles that pretty well. He's like, well, I'm not going to like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But just pivots and turns right back to living plus. And I love also Hugo is talking to Carolina. Like this is, you know, well, Carolina says this is like off book. This is totally like made mm-hmm. up. And then as it starts getting better, Hugo says, is this you? This is good. And Carolina's just like nodding her head. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah I did this. Yeah. <laughs> so I actually had a lot of that in my chess moves for Kendall okay. because I think this whole living plus growth idea going to the moon mm-hmm. to outprice <laughs> Matson and his Swedish money. I think that is his best chess game since the final episode of season two. Oh, okay. When he's on live <laughs> yeah. TV telling everybody about his tyrannical father, like this is the best I've seen. I've seen him. I and guess. So, yeah. He's manipulating his dad in both, both ways. And both times he proves to his dad to his face, whether living or not that yeah, he's, he's a, a killer. killer. KLR. Uh, okay let's talk about Roman oh because he is my next yeah yeah he's the most cringy of all the cringes of this episode this is Roman's fall honestly if this episode was called Roman's fall that would have been kind of sick yeah so let's start off with Joy Palmer 
being fired. Um, Roman is getting ready to speak with the head of Waystar Studios. And Ken tells him when he goes to talk to Joy, get that franchise pump pumping. (laughs) (laughs) And Roman does anything but that. He actually sort of kind of fires her, which is one of the first big signs of Roman starting to lose control of yeah, reality. Yeah, the fall of our prince. I, yeah. It's so weird when we see throughout all these seasons and week to week for season four even, Roman is making these decisions and we we know he's in a dark place and he's kind of like unhinged, but ultimately like he is making decisions that ruin people's lives. So when people say uh, who are covering succession that Roman is like the most emotionally intelligent character. That's always so confusing to me just because he's like the most vulnerable or raw or people feel the most empathy for him because he's repressed because of his father. Yeah, but that doesn't mean he's the most emotionally intelligent. Yeah, conflating emotional intelligence with the way someone has been like abused by Logan is really odd um, because I think the emotional complexity of a lot of these characters has been stunted by like their greed or their abusive partners or abusive family dynamics. So it's weird to like attach or project any kind of emotional intelligence onto any of these characters, but especially Roman who is like bullying kids in the the, the season yeah, opener of the show. I was show. just going to say, it's like now he has more power. So instead of bullying like little children at a baseball game, yeah, he is he's, doing it with, you know, people blowing up in yeah. the sky at a spaceship. So yeah. he's taking over or like, uh, <laughs> people only lost thumbs though. And yeah. yeah, only thumbs, uh, <laughs> who has two thumbs, this guy. Um, <laughs> and also he's been sexually harassing Jerry for like a season and a half. And I think it's just, again, a credit to the writers for getting American audiences to sympathize with characters like Roman, because obviously the writing is really, really good. Yeah. Which I cannot wait to talk about Roman and Jerry in a second, but first let's talk about joy. Yeah. Let's get back to joy. So Roman is going to speak with joy to get her to start hopefully making good movies again. Yeah. I'm going to dump money money. on you. Just make hits. Exactly. (laughs) She says, you know, we're trying, (laughs) but the only thing is the talent doesn't really want to work with us right now because of ATN's connection to Matson. And you Mankin, know that you mean, or sorry, Mankin yeah. and probably Matson in the future. And you know, the town's a little bit concerned about our democratic institutions, <laughs> just a little thing, yeah, small <laughs> thing, no big deal. And Roman is like, Yeah, but Mankin is sort of like IP, like anything else. I thought that was so funny, great writing, yeah, great way for us to understand Roman's political views, too, yeah, or just the political views or like values of someone who is outside like a party system and it's just like money. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Looking over the world from his glass windows. I, uh, I think Roman (laughs) in this moment too is a little bit like he's deflecting because he's morally judged by joy or at least he feels like he is. So he kind of comments that Hollywood is such an ethical place because you guys have a segregated city with no values. So I thought that was great writing by Armstrong, just throwing that in there. And I think this is just a really good moment for us to, think for a second how long Roman has been spiraling at this point because he also ruined Kendall's whole plan with Matson only 24 hours ago. Oh yeah. It's so crazy. These are day-to-day episodes because yeah. we were just on the mountain with Matson. but you're right. Kendall's like, let's tank this deal. And Roman's like, no, let's tank our lives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's basically what's happening. Like if you line this up, it goes from ruining Kendall's plan to trying to like uh, tell Matson off to then firing. Yeah, like quietly maintaining control of Waystar and taking the deal. Yeah, which isn't going to work. And then he, you know, fires Joy, who apparently is a big executive at Waystar. Who has friends. Who ha- apparently has a lot of connections, who he later finds out from Jerry, who he then 
emotionally fires, literally fires, not clear. We have to wait to get to this. It has to yes. be its own separate cringe. Conversation. Okay. Because, well, do we want to talk about it now? Well, I just want to add one more thing about Joy then if we're okay. moving on. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I love when they first start out and uh, get introduced to one another. And Joy says, you know, we'd like to offer you our condolences. Mm-hmm. And Roman goes, refused. Tummy full. Tummy full. <laughs> Got all the condolences <laughs> I need. And then also, we didn't really talk about like the moment where he does fire her. In, in like that he snaps because she says, I'm sure you're in your position for a very good reason. Yeah, that's true. And he feels like he needs to prove himself. And the only way he really has seen that modeled from his dad is to just like fire, fire someone. People. Yeah. And he's only been in the, like, I think lens of admiring his dad. Um, even if he's not like conscious of it, where he's just seeing his dad, like repeat these things, like I'll give you money. You make hits like yeah. blah, 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 Logan Roy. And so that is what he's trying to do. And he's obviously not certain about it. Like he says, oh, now I said it. I have to commit. I thought he was like doing a bit with himself, but he actually was like having that conversation out loud. And just a like shout out to Kieran Culkin, because this is an amazing. Some of his best work. Yeah. He does this thing that I have noticed and I just really caught it in this interaction where when he has something that he doesn't know how to verbalize, where he is like offended he does this thing where he squints at the person he's looking at yes. and then does this thing with his finger where he points back and forth at the person he's yeah, talking to yeah. and him. And he's like, oh, I'm just not even going to have this conversation. I can't handle it. And he blows it up. Or he scratches his head and he's yeah. squinting, looking to the side or he'll pick up a knife. He'll pick up a water bottle. He'll, he'll try to use the props, like everything in a yeah. scene. <laughs> like last episode when he like stuck his finger in the the food yes. as they're walking to talk to Matson. Yeah. Yeah. He's interesting twitches. Okay. When it comes to Jerry though, it's Jerry's time. Let's, let's start from the, the beginning. Oh yeah. So Roman Kendall, I think Greg, the egg are talking about, you know, real estate now becoming a technology company mm-hmm. <laughs> in living plus. And Jerry walks in the room and kind of sounds like an angry mom to Roman and is like, I need to speak with you. And she calls Roman a weak monarch. Well, wait, wait. I love when Kendall kind of looks at Roman in that scenario and like, oh, you're in trouble. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Which I, I guess Kendall knows that. Does Kendall know about all the pictures and everything between Roman? Yeah. I think everyone knows at this okay. point, right? Because, well, wait, Kendall wasn't in the Shiv room. Knows. Shiv knows, but I'm yeah. sure that Kendall does know. Like, Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Because I'm kind of thinking now if he doesn't know and Jerry does use the photos against Roman because of sexual harassment, it's going to look bad on the CE bros, like both of them together. And that would be kind of interesting to find Kendall. Kendall Yeah. He's like, I didn't know this information. That is interesting. I, I obviously know Shiv knows because she did that like twisted thing of first saying you should turn my brother in yeah, and uh, and then flips it to when Jerry doesn't want to do that because she knows that she will somehow be like, put on the outs from be Logan, some kind of cost. then yeah. she twists it to say like, Oh, well, you know, that might like be something that we question your professionalism. Yeah. Uh, like, can you not stand up for yourself? You're kind of weak. She said, did you lead it on at all with Roman? I was like, Oh wow. They're really, this is again, great writing. Yeah. Yeah. And so we see Roman go full psychopath, evil version of himself and kind of just take Jerry apart. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because like you said, we've been watching Roman like slowly unravel, not dealing with his grief because he pre-grieved. And now he's face to face with someone who he knows will actually tell him like what he is doing is wrong. Right. And he and also think, I, I think, yeah, feels the most vulnerable around with Jerry. Mm-hmm. And so he's just like lashing out. 
Yeah. Why don't we just go ahead and play this clip? Because I want people to be fully immersed into this scene. I think it'll probably have serious consequences later on this season. You don't treat me with sufficient respect, and that's a problem. Well, maybe I'll fire you, too. Uh, sure, yeah. I'm not on the kill list. So? So Matson will be very angry. Fuck Matson, I don't care. <laughs> be serious, you're minding shop. Roman. Oh, no, 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 no. Roman. Yeah. You cannot win against the money. The money is going to wash you away. Yeah. Your dad mm-hmm. knew. Mm-hmm. Tech is coming. We are over. Okay. Make your this accommodation. This is a simple business decision. You are not good at your job. Maybe dad did know. Maybe I'm firing you for a list of failures I choose not to outline right now, but including a failure to close off our liabilities vis-a-vis claims against Waystar Cruises in a timely manner. That'll play nicely. Let's do that. I am good at my job. Shall we get started on the paperwork? You want to do it yourself, or do you want me to get somebody a bit sharper? Bye. Fucking asshole. Yeah, this scene, I think, goes down in, like, the Hall of Fame for the Succession series. Not only Jerry as a character was able to tell Roman, like, hey, you're a weak monarch, and here's all the things I actually think about you now that your dad is dead and he can't (laughs) smash me. Uh, Like, you are not your dad like you think you are. And not only for Jerry as a character, but J. Smith Cameron, who plays Jerry, had an amazing performance, her shaking at Roman. Uh, She talked about on the HBO podcast this week that she felt like the energy in the room was that they were going to like hit each other. That's what it did feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's so much tension because obviously Roman is like lying to himself in this moment and just totally blocking out everything that he has done to Jerry And he says, like, you know, you're using the F word freely with me, disagreeing with my good calls. Like, obviously, he's just so delusional, but even more so now because we know the background with Jerry and Roman. Right. um, Which I think we're going to talk about is coming back for Roman. Based on reactions to this episode, I really don't think people remember the photos. Yeah, I haven't really heard anyone talk about it. Or like cornering her in her room in different moments with the weird power dynamic because she's an employee of his family. Like people just kind of forgetting about those things. I'm giving them people the benefit of the doubt who love Roman. Like, but those are really serious things that are going to have major consequences. Um, And Jerry kept like deflecting all these advances from Roman because of that weird toxic power dynamic. Yeah. Well, ultimately I think she said that she was using it for leverage, right? Like she can blackmail Roman now and he is going to feel the full force of Jerry who is great at her job. Yes. I don't want to also like, because we've been uh, saying like, how are people saying Roman is emotionally intelligent? Obviously like Jerry and everyone in the succession universe, terrible people like Jerry was a has been a part of Barry Cruises, Carolina, yeah, but like for sure. But anyway, within this in this universe, it's like, a spectrum of evil, you yeah. know, going around this <laughs> this yeah. family and I, all the employees. I mean, everyone at the top, though, pretty 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 rough. Yeah, yeah but, <laughs> but as far as Jerry, like being told that she's not good at her job, yeah. by Roman of all people, she was pissed. Yeah, and I think the the biggest thing is is that Jerry hasn't really had power, mm-hmm. right? I mean, she was CEO, acting CEO. Yeah. yeah, but I think like she's always been in the room with Carl and Frank, mm-hmm. and she uh, also Jay Cameron Smith talked about how. She thinks that Jerry is coming from this mindset of Carl and Frank being in like the boys club with Logan, because if you think about it, they're kind of like saying dumb things all the time and and just kind of like eating lunch together and like chilling. And then Logan kind of barks at them. But Jerry is always having to prove herself as a woman. 
And she is also like closest to Logan, but Logan views her as someone he can just like push around. Yeah. And she's also having to clean up all the kids shit all the time, all the time. So that anyway, that to say is that she has this one thing. She's like, I know I am good at my job. Like I didn't just like get here. And when Roman walks out, it looks like she's going to run after him. Yeah. In that we moment. thought that was what was going to happen. I guess they did one take where she threw a water bottle at the glass behind him. That would have been great. Yeah. I would have loved to have seen that. Yeah. See but I thought the shaking was enough. We know that, you know, it's not going to end well for Roman. Yeah, and she has evidence, so she has the leverage. Much like Shiv has the blood of Matson in the back of her mind, <laughs> yeah, Jerry true. has the photos of Roman in the back of her mind. And so Roman knows he made a mistake. He immediately goes to Ken. He's doing the thing you're talking about, which is like grabbing his hair. Mm-hmm. And he basically tells Ken that he should undo it, right? Yeah. Like he's like, I don't know if it was like the right move. It's like I the way he goes to his father should, yeah, before Logan died to help him when he made a mistake. So he's kind of doing the same thing with Kendall here. Roman's asking Kendall to fix his mistakes yeah roman always wants someone to tell him what to do and i love ken's response he says are you gonna fire me next yeah. <laughs> and Greg? then he says dad goggles on it's nothing yeah yeah <laughs> speaking of kendall okay i don't think i've had more secondhand cringe yeah <laughs> than i did watching kendall succeed in this episode not for what I think other people are feeling with that I've seen reactions because my cringe for Kendall isn't because I'm embarrassed for him in this living plus advertisement speech to the investors. I'm not embarrassed for him. I actually think this is like one of the best business decisions he's made. <laughs> okay. This is like what our government allows at this point is for like tech CEOs to go on Twitter. Yeah, I was like, is he not just repackaging the prices. like what rich people retirement communities already, already look like, right? Exactly. They like That's put like what down we've been payments. About. Yeah. <laughs> so that wasn't why I was uncomfortable. It was more so that I know what we've been saying all season long. And when we did our season one deep dive is that succession is a, a Shakespearean tragedy mm-hmm. and it's going to end with Kendall rising to the top and then falling to the ground as hard as possible. And so when he does succeed in this episode and he, you know, <laughs> is smiling, walking down the beach, drawing number one boy in the sand, and then floating in the Pacific. That was so tough to watch because of what we know is going to happen toward the end of the season because we're getting so misled by the writers here. Like The symbolism of Kendall being drowned out by the pressure of his father's ghost, really, and the expectations of Logan is so clear now in this shot of him in the Pacific and like floating because we've had a moment of every season of him floating on water, but in all different circumstances in this moment, it's supposed to be him at the top and we still have like four episodes left. Yeah. Okay. I put that in my tragic moments. Uh, okay. But I guess it is a cringe tragic because I I'm wrote, cringing for future me. Yeah. Like I wrote weirdly sad show. because you know, it's all downhill from here. Yes, exactly. And it, it really is. And I just wanted to say, Want to have it stamped on this podcast? Kendall is screwed. Like it's the what last <laughs> last episode, he's ever number one boy. Exactly. Yeah. He, he drew it in the sand, but that sand's gonna get washed up real quick. Like yeah. it's not gonna it's not gonna stay there. So. Apparently, they had a tough time shooting this because the weather was so bad. Oh. Um, mm. And they have a lot of really great shots of Jeremy Strong like diving into these really wild waves and then him popping back up. And I think I said that while we were watching. I was like, wow, that's a really big wave you just dived yeah, into. Yeah, I mean, it was like really shallow the, uh, the way when the tide is, mm-hmm. you know, strong. But I think I was like saying words that... I- <laughs> We, we know the Pacific Ocean. Yeah, I know. Uh, I've seen the Pacific Ocean. Ocean vocab terms. Uh, but We live on the East Coast. 
<laughs> we rarely anyway, see the ocean. Um, I, I think like it would have been cool to see him go through those waves. And, and I'm glad they ended up doing it because she was really fighting for what you were talking about, the director, that we need to see Kendall in water. Like yeah. it really matters to this character to see him back in this element, especially since we we know that like this is his kind of like last big moment. Right. I don't, the thing I want to say before my tragic moments, because that was one of them, is just the Carl and Ken conversation and interaction. I love when Carl is like, hey, I know a thing or two about a thing or two. Yeah. And if you do something up there that makes me uncomfortable, I'll squeal. And then at the end, Carl is like taking congratulations about all the numbers that Ken yeah. is definitely, I, I feel like there's going to be some Just sort of inflating. violation coming back. Although who knows? Based I on mean, what we've seen in our real world, there's no violation coming yeah. to Kendall. He's going to be fine. Um, yeah. okay. But I, I will say quickly on the Carl front, I think Jeremy Strong's like pat on Carl's chest. Oh yeah. Is scarier to me than Logan or Roman firing anyone. There's something about Kendall smiling and then giving someone he's talking to a sense of comfort when he's being put down. That's just so like psychologically intimidating. I don't know what it is exactly, but it is pretty scary to watch just Kendall smile when someone else is telling him off. Well, yeah, that's the weird. It feels like taxi driver esque. Well, yeah, that's the weird thing about the Roy children is that there are all these people like Carl. The reason he breaks out of kind of being polite to Kendall is because mm-hmm. he's been doing this for years and kind of eating shit along the way. He wants with his golden Logan. parachute. Yeah. So he can't really talk back to Logan. And then with these children, they're like, you, you didn't earn this. I can talk to you like how I want to and try to tell you what I want. Mm-hmm. But ultimately like the kids, because of the like empire they're born into, the nepotism they have, they're, they're have good. this scary power, even though they're not serious people. And so that Pat, you're right, is like a really chilling kind of motion because that was kind of like, I think the the death note to Carl. Like, oh, now I know what side you're on. You knew it you're too fine. when his speech, yeah. when he says, if anybody has a question about the numbers, there's our wonderful CFO <laughs> up there in the <laughs> corner, Carl, who will tell you everything you need to know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure Pete was somewhere happy about that. He's like, it doesn't have yeah. to be me. And yeah, Pete also, he's like, can I talk to Carl? Yeah. Um, okay, let's get to our tragic moment. So you have Kendall in the ocean. That was one of mine. Okay. Mine is at the end when Roman plays... I don't know if it's like you could call it a deep faked video, but yeah. an edited video of his dad insulting him on repeat in his ear. And Kendall sends this to him because Roman basically told him in the indirect Roy child fashion yeah. that he doubted him and he wasn't going to back him on stage. I'm right. not going up with you. I'm not wearing this flight suit. But this so, was like an innocent sibling yeah, I, thing, right? I thought, well, I don't know how as, innocent as it can innocent, all be. Sorry, as innocent as know, you can be yeah. being a Roy sibling. Yeah, because I I think they all like have this weird understanding that they each have, have like a shared trauma. Mm-hmm. But also like the kids are aware that Roman has like this really twisted relationship to his father. And he was the one who was like bullied by the kids too. Um like when Connor talks about like send the or have the the dogs like prove themselves and send the weaker dog away yes. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then everyone will fall in line. So I think they all have Logan's philosophy in the back of their mind. So it is it, it does seem like he's just texting him that, like, hey, you're wrong, LOL. Like yeah. I won. But to Seeing send his reaction his dad, was tough. Yeah, yeah. Like it was really tough because he said something like Roman's always wrong or Roman always loses. And Roman just keeps pressing play again and again in his ear, uh, driving home. 
because we know that Roman likes to punish himself. And so that I thought that's like kind of why it was tragic. It was weirdly comforting for Roman to hear his dad just continuously put him down. Mm-hmm. And that's like his love language or he also likes to punish himself because of it. And so he feels like that's the the truth. Like that's the most honesty. So just like having that on repeat was pretty tragic. Yeah. I'd also say at the beginning of the episode, when Kendall is trying to do the pitch bot thing with Roman and Greg and Roman is telling Kendall that people, all people are scared of death. So if we can like capitalize on that fear yeah. <laughs> of mortality, that'd be great because death is just too one size fits all. Yeah. He's like, we could live in a turtle. There should be yeah. other options. <laughs> so I just th- thought that was a really, you know, that was a good signal for Roman's emotional stability right now, which isn't great. And at one point toward the end of the episode, I actually thought they were going to kill Roman off, which I don't want to, I don't want to just go to these extremes with all the characters because we've been saying that they should have killed Kendall a long time ago. Like in season three, it just made sense. You think that I don't know if I could, I didn't think I could live without Logan as a character, but I really know that I couldn't live without Kendall as a character. I want to wait for this hot take until the end of season four, but I think this show would have been better off in the theme it is trying to use as a through line of saying that none of all of these people have tried to own everything and they're disconnected from their own humanity Yeah, would have made a lot of sense if, uh, if Logan's number one boy died. Yeah. Well, I was going to say like, I do agree with if we have this setup, like if we do have this scene in the pool, like yeah. it does make sense to pull the trigger there, but, but we'll talk my, about it My later. point is, is that it does seem like the writers are pushing us in a direction where Roman is going to face consequences for sexually harassing Jerry. Yeah. But actually I think they might be setting us up for even a darker ending with Roman. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. I hope he doesn't die of suicide, obviously, but that does seem like there were yeah, moments no, where he's spiraling it, so much. Yeah. I where felt it. I'm like, is he going to be back next episode? Like, I don't think Jesse Armstrong is going to kill off all the characters of this Roy family. It would turn into something else, this show. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just wouldn't be realistic either. And I, I think they want to keep it realism. I can't imagine anyone else is going to die this season. They already killed Logan. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. But anyways, I, I just feel like they're at the very least going to give uh, an episode, a finale episode of a tragic ending for each of these siblings. And this was probably Roman's fall this episode. That means we still have Shiv's to go and Kendall's. Yeah. Oh, okay. and Connor's. So let's talk about Shiv in our tragic moments. I have Shiv and Tom, their conversation. That's my number one. My tragic quote here is from Shiv. Oh, Tom finally made me feel something God. in the bitey game. She did not need to do that. That was so tough. Yeah, <laughs> it was brutal. But also I kind of like, it, it was sad, but also honest for them to have the conversation where Tom says, if I'm being honest, yeah. uh, I am basically doing everything for money. And I've always been thinking about money in the back of my mind. Mm-hmm. But even though he did really love her, like we know that uh, he wasn't about to give up his future when she was going to throw him under the bus and he could see that coming. Yeah. But I love when he says, Hey, like, will you join me in the trailer park? And she comes over and says, I'll do anything for love. And they're both like on the same page here, maybe for the first time. Yeah. In a long time. Shiv's going through a lot in these moments in these conversations with, with Tom. I, I don't know if we should want to talk about whether or not Tom and her actually do want to live in a middle-class life together. I have no oh, absolutely idea. not. Yeah. I don't think no. they do. I, I think there is more of a, there's more of an indication that Tom is willing to do that than Shiv. That's what I get. No, I think what he just said was like in this episode, he was saying that I 
am not willing to sacrifice for my career and like for having nice things. So, okay, interesting. I definitely think the scene was left up to interpretation, though. It, I thought that. No, the way I they kind of laughed and looked I, to the I side. I watched it more than you, and I, <laughs> I was like going to say, I think I'm right. I think the <laughs> listeners are on my side. <laughs> I think everyone's on my side because my side is fact. Um, uh, but I do, I do think that if you rewatch it, it was hard for me to read, too, at first. But when you watch Tom like say that, hey, it was between me and your, or you and your dad. Mm -hmm. And I saw the future coming and I wasn't going to sacrifice my career because I saw that you didn't love me essentially. I mean, he's saying that without saying that. And then Tom comes or Shiv comes over to sit on the bed and says, I'll follow you for love. She's saying it like in this uh, like funny tone, they're laughing at this idea that, Oh, wouldn't that be funny if we did follow each other for love? Because that's what we would do maybe in another life. But obviously we're going to pick our lifestyle over love because these Marys and these, who did she say? TK? I thought they were talking about. um, The guy from politics. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. What's his name? I forget. Ryan from the office. No, not Ryan from the office. I'm just saying he looks like that guy. I don't know who who Uh, he is. Nate. Nate. Nate, Put the wine back, Nate. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But I thought that that was who she was talking about. It was someone else. But so all these people in their lives like are, are just, parts of it, right? Like the main kind of bloodline is money for them. And it makes sense. Like that is something that Shiv is not willing to give up. And it's something that Tom has like made a life goal. And so he does want, I don't know if he wants a relationship. With I'm going to stamp this. Cause I need the listeners to hear me say it. Cause Kelsey okay. gave her take <laughs> when Tom says, come and live with me in a trailer park. I full heartedly believe that Tom is saying, I am willing to give up all this greed and excess up for you right now. And Shiv got kind of serious, but then laughed it off. And then Tom laughed it off. And then the scene sits on their faces for a second. Can and then listeners hear me wanting to <laughs> just interrupt? I think he's saying that ironically. I think I might accidentally. He said, so come live with me in a trailer park. I don't know who else needs to hear he's this. He's like daring her as a joke. But I am regretting this like deep feeling I have of wanting Tom and Shiv to make it work. But I do have, I think it's because we just start reacting to sad. It's like a dark seated feeling. Yeah. I I don't think they're healthy for each other, but in this moment I'm like, can you guys actually go do that? It's also really weird. Your trailer park analogy, but I, I just really, (laughs) I really do want you guys to make this work. Um, mostly because like, I think I have the most sympathy for Shiv out of all the siblings in this episode, because she is going through, a lot of different things. She's dealing with her five month pregnancy and whether or not she's going to tell Tom Mm -hmm. her brothers don't include her in the business moves. You know, like we said, they wouldn't last episode. And I think we interpreted that as Kendall telling Roman not to include Shiv because Kendall fears that Shiv might actually be the only competition to be in charge of the company. He knows he can manipulate Roman. Right. And Shiv is the actual threat. Um, And then Shiv has this whole thing with Matson too which is that she has this information on him does he like her does you know he not like her is is she being used like the politicians used her in the past all this is very confusing and she has no support system she's what is she doing with her scheduling her grief scheduling her grief and so i have a lot of sympathy for her in this moment but i think at the end of this episode i believe in shiv and tom making it work and i believe tom meant that he actually wanted to like leave all this excess behind he loves his I ties. Think so. but I, don't I do know. think he was we'll saying see. I love shit. I don't shit. think so. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. We'll rewatch it and we'll come back with our takes next episode. But also something to add to the, to Shiv with Matson is that 
she kind of might have leverage here, even though we understand that Matson is playing Shiv. Mm-hmm. Like on the plane, he talks about how he could have someone on the inside. Like that could be you. Yeah. And I and her taking a call with Tom in the room is her. This is kind of going into chess moves a little bit, but is her understanding that she might have some sort of grip in this situation. Yeah. Um, even though Matson is a wild man, like leveraging his blood situation mm-hmm. to get someone on his team. So I still can't totally read what's going to happen with that. Yeah, I can't either. All right, let's get to our funny moments. Okay. What do you got? Roman riding around on the golf cart <laughs> yeah, through the shot. Waystar studio with a tummy full of condolences. <laughs> First the off, way he's sitting on it. <laughs> it's weirdly kind of cute. <laughs> the way yeah. his legs are crossed. Uh, incredible cinematography. Great switch up here. Following Roman through the studio lot. Just like a hilarious Richie Rich for my Richie Rich fans out there, my Colkin heads out there. Uh, kind of a Richie Rich moment where he is just kind of stressing out on the back of a speeding golf cart, watching all of these hardworking people like at work, <laughs> like going on his way to fire all of their bosses. Yeah. <laughs> just kind of a hilarious scene. Yeah, I had it as one of my funny moments too. And I love how it's right after he's having that meeting with Ken and we find out that Telly... Telly's Intel says that Matson can't have uh, or doesn't have juice past 192, sure. like the price he's already offered. But we have all these really funny things that are being said, like this personalized longevity program for yeah. Living Plus. And Ken is like, uh, he talks to someone, he's like, get me an like an infinite brain box, like to <laughs> brainstorm or whatever. And he calls them, you know, space cowboys. So, yeah. but the golf cart scene was awesome. That's got to be number one. Someone said that you could see a actual set of a show or something. I on saw, Twitter. I, I couldn't tell if people were joking or not, but yeah, apparently you could see actual sets. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't see it, but I'll, I'll look again. But my funny moment is Ken and Roman planting doubt in the senior officials room. So yeah. they go into this meeting. Shiv is already there. Ken sits in her seat. <laughs> it's Car- Carolina, right? Yes, I think. Yep. Oh yeah. Okay. Jerry, Frank, Jerry, Frank, Carl. Carl and Tom and yes. <laughs> Ken and Roman go in there. They think they're being like so smart trying to talk about how Matson is someone maybe they can't trust for the deal. Mm-hmm. And they sit down, they're like, we want to share some confidential context with the senior group. And these people are like, dude, we just want to get our money and get out. And yeah. they're, they're like, how would you describe it? Or I think Shiv says that because she's doing the same thing or she's poking, mm-hmm. right? It's the same thing when they're at the Pierce table. And even though they're so, supposed to all be on the same side, she asks Roman, like, oh, what's from- the title of the book you're reading? Right. right. So she's doing the same thing here. How would you describe it? And Ken's like, uh, you know, I guess I'd describe it like meltdown human Chernobyl. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then all the people are just getting out of that room as quickly as possible after saying like, we already priced us in. He's a genius though. You know, like yes. we just want our money. And Roman says, thanks Frank. Yeah. As he leaves the room, which I just always love a Roman Frank Messes interaction. Frank. Yeah. Yeah. And then I just have two more quick ones. The scene where Kendall is talking to Pete, the numbers yes. guy <laughs> and just like drilling him to fabricate numbers. Like what is the biggest headline that's credible? Yeah. <laughs> They're talking about like Florida, Colorado, numbers I think it's Arizona numbers. maybe. Yeah. I'll be talking about Pete and Kendall in my chest. Oh, okay. I didn't put Pete in there, but I love it. Uh, the other one, the last one is where 
the group thinks that Kendall's spiraling. They're like watching him on that <laughs> TV. And Greg says like, now you don't have to be nervous about your speech to Tom. You just got to go in there and mop up the blood. Yeah, he does and, that. <laughs> and then when Kendall like knocks it out of the park and everyone's so excited about living plus Tom is then in the backstage and he says, how am I supposed to follow that? Yeah. He just promised them eternal life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're an ATN citizen. You're an, a- I'm an ATN citizen. <laughs> It was like his we here for you speech all over again. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> okay, chess moves. It's time. So let's start with Tom. He's getting back together with Shiv. That's yeah. his goal right now. Yeah. He doesn't have Logan to protect him. Kendall doesn't want any part of him. And so he's going back to his relationship. I think he literally says, I want this again. Doesn't he say that to her? I think so. And he's playing the Bidey game with her. And by the way, I'm imagining people at that party were like, what the hell are those two people doing biting each other in the middle of this investor? Part? Like, aren't those the investors? Yeah, of the I company? think so. But I don't think it matters. I just think, you know. Okay. Well, I'm just saying it was a good chess move by our Minnesota boy to try to get back together with Shiv. Yeah. I think that it is a, when you're saying like he wants to get back with her, we are assuming that it is a chess move from Tom's point of view with love. He did. He made a move. With oh, but love. With, okay. So, but that's what I'm saying. Like, but is it it's both separated? Okay. I mean, it's never separated with these characters. It's like love, money, greed, power. It it's all, all, it's kind all of one, one thing. Yeah. Fugazi. <laughs> so Jerry, uh, I am good at my job. That line delivery, I think is going to come back to the CE bros. And I keep bringing this up, but the sexual harassment stuff, the charges are going to hit really quickly when she decides to throw those out there. If they do that, I don't know if the writers are going to move on. It's still unclear if the writers are going to hold Roman completely accountable for those things, I'm not sure, but that is the big chess move that she's waiting to make. And I think this was the first sign that she might make her move. Oh yeah. The minute, I mean, I think that we saw Jerry shaking and saying like, you're an asshole. Yeah. We knew like something's Something's coming coming. for Roman. Absolutely. Now with Shiv, the siblings, and then Mattson. Shiv, I think there are, are a variety of mostly failed chess moves. I think what you said earlier with Matson on the PJ, that's the first one where there is this weird power dynamic of who's playing who. Yeah, he walks over in his bare feet. Right. Yee-hoo. Yeah, I, I mean, Skarsgård's amazing. I, I think that scene confirmed our, our theory about last episode that we were being misled about Shiv winning episode five with Matson. Remember how the episode ends with her looking outside the PJ? Yeah. Yeah, completely misled. Yeah, last week on the pod, we talked about how it was very clear. Like he was playing her in that situation. Like he's manipulating her and I, with the blood stuff too. Yeah. And I think that even though I think that's true, he's just like a very twisted person, but right. That picture, I think of like the brothers is going to maybe come back to. Oh, interesting. I didn't even think about that part. Um, but yeah, for the rest of the episode after the PJ with Matson, much like Roman, I think Shiv is basically spiraling out of control, making Roman like moves. And I think it really gets bad for her after Kendall takes her seat in the conference room you were just talking about Mm -hmm. and she moves her phone and sits on the other side. It was almost like she was looking for a moment to turn on her brothers and actually join Matson. And I think that moment when Ken sits in her seat, she was like, that was it. (laughs) (laughs) It was such a sibling look. Yeah. Um, And then Shiv gets apologized to by the sibs at the end of that conference meeting, which I don't know if you talked about, but she's kind of like still pissed at them for trying to kill the deal. And she tells them, boys, you're not good at this. And She's not necessarily wrong, but she also knows that she would never make a serious decision like that because she loves all of her options open. That's like a through line of her character arc. This whole show, she loves freedom of movement. And I think I said last episode, she's like water, like Connor. Yeah, that's true. And they are also the closest siblings. Like they have the most phone conversations. They talk about their lives. 
And speaking of Connor, where was Connor this episode? Right? I really missed him. I guess I am a con head after all. Well, the last four episodes of the season are called Tailgate Party, number seven. Number eight, America Decides. Okay. wonder what that could mean. (laughs) Number nine, Church and State. And then number 10 with open eyes. So I'm assuming America huh. decides is probably going to be Connor. Oh, and yeah. What's his name? Not Matson, but Mencken. Mencken. Yeah. Th- their episode. <laughs> I can't wait. The I 1% love when- versus the, the populist fascist. Connor just having those political debates. Like, I'm glad that wasn't televised. Just yeah, mop yeah. the floor with that guy. <laughs> yeah. But back to Shiv with her options open, right? We saw in season two when she is offered the CEO position from Logan. Right. And he is like semi-serious, although... We can never tell with L to, to the, the OG. O- yeah, I was trying to make his his uh, <laughs> name be bigger. But anyway, Logan Roy, right? The original killer. We never know if he would actually do it. Just like how he got cold feet with Kendall. Like he yeah. ultimately can't give up power. But I think like Shiv in that situation was kind of back and forth on the idea of like, do I want to have a path where I am in control of my own decisions Am I going to be in a position where my dad is still like puppeting me? Mm -hmm. Um, I don't want to train for this long because it's like disrespectful in a way. Like, so she is always like keeping her options open. You're right. And I love the scene you're talking about right now with the brothers because they have the same exact scene that we saw earlier in the season in episode one where they're all hugging, Mm -hmm. but you know, like everything is splintered Right. right now. And I think from that hug on in this episode, she decides to side with Matson until the very end of the episode, I think. Okay. And I think she talks to Matson basically throughout the whole episode. I think she does a FaceTime with him with Tom in the room and he's kind of asking her to pull the fire alarm on her brothers. Yeah. So I think she knows the CE bros are a mistake or are going to ruin the company or at least she's jealous of like the power that they have because she deserves to be a part of that power, but they won't let her in. And so I think she tries to ruin their lives a little bit or at least pit the brothers against one another. And this is where she walks into the theater and sees Roman sitting in the stands watching Kendall be kind of crazy. And she tries to literally pit them against one another. And she goes, imaginary clouds shooting to the moon? Come on. She tells Roman that he can literally stop this. And I guess that's like her major chess move in this episode is trying to make the brothers fight one another. And I think that backfires because what we said about Ken and his Steve Jobs moment, it really pays off. And Matson sends a tweet that spirals Shiv out of control too, because she realizes she picked the wrong side. Well, because she can't have control over this, right? Right. I, I think the interesting thing is that Ken and Shiv both see Roman as someone who can be manipulated. And mm-hmm. we have this context that they've known this like from the beginning, like when they're growing up and we have that Range Rover chocolate milk, like nod. Yeah. But you know, Ken, I think would say to Roman, like, Hey, having you on stage, like this flight suit for you is a courtesy bro. (laughs) Okay. Because this is the Kendall Roy show. Like he would do this without him. And I think like they got us for a second where he was a little shaky at first because he felt like the people he has been vulnerable with a little bit now, like were doubting him. Mm -hmm. But I ultimately think that Roman like is seen as weak by both his siblings and like Ken didn't really need him, but Shiv especially sees like, this is her time to kind of shift the the situation. And she says like, this is messy. It's made up numbers. Like this is going to come back to us and we should protect Kendall. Right. Like, um, and Roman is just like, ah, this is like high risk, but we've got it. But ultimately we see Roman crack caves. Yeah. Yeah. So that was all done by Shiv. So I guess well done 
in as far as like that, you know, her messing up the brothers and their chemistry ends up becoming fruitful to her and Matson's mission at the end of the season. But I do think that these are mostly failed chess moves from Shiv. She does have the ultimate chess move, much like Jerry, which is a leverage over these like toxic men. And she has the blood story that sets serious leverage over Matson in the future. And when she decides to cash that chess move in, I'm sure it'll be, it'll be a big deal. Yeah. So before we get to Ken, well, before we get to Ken, we got to do Roman, our number one boy. Oh, I was going to say we have to get to Greg, but let's get to Roman first since we're already kind of talking about him. Okay. So low key Roman is kind of the initial push for the living plus plan. I don't think anybody's really said that, but he does tell Ken that their Harvard finance guru, you know, telly or whatever. Yeah. That that Matson probably can't afford to go over 192 at the stock price. So it's not like Ken was like baking this growth to the moon idea the whole time it kind of leads Kendall, you know, this Roman thought leads Kendall to eventually doing the living plus thing. Yeah. So Roman jump starts this major chess move from Kendall. And then we get the backfiring chess moves from Roman, which is, he is trying to like postpone the speech with Kendall and Kendall is, seems kind of like legitimately heartbroken about Roman not yeah, doing the sad. speech with him. He's <laughs> he like, I got I these things made for us. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that makes Roman immediately feel a little bit bad in the room with him. And when Ken's plan is like sort of successful, Roman is obviously devastated. He's jealous. Yeah. I- I'm still a little bit confused about what he's jealous exactly about. I don't think it's the power, but I I am leaning more t- toward like affirmation. I was just, yeah, that's what I think it is too. Okay. Because all the siblings seem so repressed of like never having their parents say that like they did a good job because their dad has just been kicking them like dogs their whole lives so i think when he sees kendall actually become the number one boy it's like too chaotic to deal with and i think that seeing him that depressed state at the end of this episode felt right to the the amount of failed chess moves that he's had this season but especially in this episode yeah okay so i agree like failed chess moves for roman Mm -hmm. i want to go to greg what did greg do so He's Greg basically just AI is cheating episode. on Tom. All right. That was what he did. So Interesting. he's talking to Tom right when Tom's about to go on stage and he's like, he just promised him eternal life. Like, how am I going to follow that up? And Greg says, I'm here cheering for you to Tom and hits oh, his back as he goes yes. out and then immediately turns to Ken. And is like, that was great. Good I call. was cheering for you the whole time. Like Greg is clearly showing his cards. Playing he's all sides. Team Kendall. But, but even more so than that, like we know that he sees that even Tom Uh, might be, you know, going into the scheduled grief session with Shiv and making connections again, even Mm -hmm. though they're planning uh, a political event together, even though I don't think Greg knows that yet, he sees that Ken is the person he should latch onto. So that's my Greg chess move. And Greg might know about the blood too, because of Matson's what, what's her name again? Ebba. I, Ebba. Yeah. He was partying with her. He knew about the kill her. list last He knew episode. about the kill list. Yeah. I don't so. know about the blood. I think it's a good theory. I just, I don't know. Yeah. If that theory actually ends up paying off, like I, I'm serious. Greg could somehow be in charge of people <laughs> at the end of the show. I have. I don't see it from this season, how they're writing him. I don't see that. No, they've completely changed up his character. I think him and Roman, I think people would argue not Roman, but I would say Roman. Greg and Roman have completely changed his characters to me throughout the show. The most. I think those two hmm. characters. Okay. Um, okay. Matson. Let's talk about the Swede. So first off, the PJ power move where Matson basically orders Shiv to stop her brothers from killing the deal. And then he tells her that the siblings went mental back in Norway. Yeah. Which quick sidebar about that. Matson casually noting that Ken and Roman tried to kill the deal, I think is the prime example 
of how manipulative this show is because that Emmy-worthy performance by Culkin as Roman telling Masson off had no meaning in the grand scheme of things, like trying to predict how the show will end or what characters will fall or succeed is not really worth it. When you look at this show episode by episode, you have to track it from season opener to the finale and everything in between is really just entertaining drama for the most part. Because when we watch that scene of Roman really giving it to Matson on this cliffside, you think that's going to have major consequences, but <laughs> Matson is just kind of like telling Shiv like an offhand comment, like, yeah, your brothers tried to like kill the deal. Like, no yeah, deal. I mean, Matson did last episode, like see where, what their cards were. Right. Because yeah. he Roman flatly put it like, we're never going to sell to you. So then he ups apparently to his highest number to, mm-hmm. you know, just make it so they cannot kill the deal. Right. But I, I think you're right. Like it's just along the way until the last episode, we're just seeing people like self-sabotage yeah. in the Roy family. Yeah. So anyways, Matson's main chess move though, this episode is trying to stop the brothers from continuing the living plus product release. And Matson says that's because he hates real estate, but what you and I were theorizing during the episode was that Matson might want to stop living plus because he knows that it's actually a good business move or micro good business move by Kendall because he's afraid of the price going higher. See, I did not catch that. I, I think you caught that. Okay. I was just thinking that he didn't want to deal with that. He was like genuinely saying there are rooms I don't want to go into mm-hmm. in this company and you're going to do that for me, Shiv. So I, I think he was playing her in that moment uh, to say that if you kill this for me, like what you're talking about, because I think he is maybe concerned about this being something that will cause him trouble in buying the company. Right. But he's promising Shiv, like, if you kill this for me, then I will give you power. But I still don't know if that's genuine. I don't think so. Yeah. But yeah. it's a chess move. <laughs> right. And I think it counts for something. I, I do think that Madsen ultimately makes bad chess moves this episode, but I am also terrified of his character and like what he could mean for he's these, so scary. these siblings. Yeah. They're, I mean, he's worse than Logan. I mean, it's just crazy that we got a Neo Logan. It makes sense. Um, I also love how Kendall pivots from the Matson tweet live in this investor conference by saying, you know, social media can be consuming, which is why living plus is better than social media because yeah. <laughs> it's social media, but real, but in real life in real life. Yeah. And it really gives us that connection. We all want <laughs> it's just a gr- it's a great pivot. It's also terrifying. Again, it sounds like a lot of our tech leaders today. Yeah. Are we at our number one boy now? We are. Okay. Kendall, Kendall let's talk about his chess move. So He's talking to Pete, biggest headline number that's credible. And <laughs> he says, Pete, if it feels scary, it's because the potential scary. Yes. And I love when he keeps pushing Pete, who whoever that actor is, did a great job with getting red. I don't know if they could do that in post or if he was actually like blushing. Real. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I love his response, uh, Pete's response, which is that I think we can make the argument, which yeah. is so funny because it's just the whole like thing of this show, right? Like Satirizing we're looking rhetoric. at yeah, the idea of being able to argue something into reality. Argue for like arguing so much that you manipulate the market. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's not really reality. It's like arguing something into manipulating the reality of everyone else. And right. then Ken and Roman in the dressing room, obviously like Kendall saying, dude, it's enough to make you lose your faith in capitalism. Just like saying all these numbers. And then the big drop uh, because it it was hilarious at the beginning when Greg said, can we make houses like tech? Yeah. Because we have had houses for a long time. Yeah. 
Ken drops the the biggest chess move of this whole episode, which is that if you join Living Plus, you will have the health therapies of <laughs> living tech billionaires. And, you know, what's better than forever than more forever. And yeah. obviously, like editing his dad's video, which is sort of Greg's chess move. But Kendall, because he's the mastermind behind this plan to say that we're going to double our numbers. Yeah, there's something darkly funny about Logan's looming presence behind Kendall yeah. selling Living Plus, like the last final product of the dead billionaire. Like, <laughs> it's just funny. Like, we're going to give you the same resources that this guy had. And, and he died <laughs> <laughs> because he wasn't wearing compression socks. <laughs> yeah. So and I love how he's doing it in front of his dad. It's like he, yeah. in this own twisted, really pathetic, sad way, is like, I'm going to show you, dad. And then after when everyone's congratulating Kendall, we see he's like, uh, someone said it was like walking on the moon or did Kendall say that? And Ken's like, I don't even remember it. Like it was a blur. Yeah. <laughs> and then we have walking on the beach. Yes. Um, and that, that number one in the sand, his own chess move to himself. We did the you know? Leonardo DiCaprio meme of like pointing like at the screen, oh, yeah, watching yeah. him draw number the number one, one boy, boy yeah. as if like we were the only people that recognize <laughs> that he was drawing number one boy, just because we say number one boy all the time. Cause it's a part yeah. of our power rankings. Yeah. Okay. Let's get to the power rankings. Wait, la last thing. Yeah. Last thing. I think a low key, not chess move, but something that I think is like, you know, he moves his Bishop to the side. Nobody really, the, the other players didn't notice. Kendall, I think, shows his hand at the beginning of the speech when he when he says something like, I'm Kendall Roy, the CEO, I mean co-CEO oh, of Waystar. Yeah. And I think that's a small but important point to remember that Kendall will try and literally become the number one boy at the end of the season and, and maybe even throw his siblings under the bus and pushing them aside. And I think up until this point, we do think he loves Shiv and Roman. And, you know, he's been very nice to Shiv. He's been calling her Shivy. He's been giving her hugs. He seems to be the uh, the character the camera pans on when she talks about Tom and their potential divorce with other characters. He seems to also be letting Roman confide in him about his, uh, his inability to grieve about his father. And Kendall's got the good grief guy and he's trying to offer it to his siblings. But I do think there will be a possibly a really dark ending to this show if Kendall throws his siblings under the bus because guys it wasn't that long ago and our I think our argument of the succession timeline less than maybe a year ago that Kendall's siblings almost sent him to jail well I, I was just gonna say not only sent him to jail but it's fitting that this specific episode was directed by the same director of his birthday episode because True. on his birthday episode we Roman, have like, Roman we figure out that Ro yeah, Roman pushes him that really devastating scene. And we also know that Roman has been hiring people to track his children at the playground. Yeah. And also Shiv that, planted a story about yeah, him. Shiv wrote that letter about yeah. how he is like not a stable person On and drugs. like we need to pray for him. So, and, and I think that Ken says like, we're not coming back from that one. Yeah. So at this point, I do think the siblings have like, you know, uh, kind of agreed to kind of put all of that behind them. But we know like episode one of this, that's not going to happen. Let me tell you something. If it's dark Sith Lord, Kendall Roy at the end of this season and none of these siblings face consequences, but what actually happens is Kendall Roy kills Matson, not kills, like kills him, yeah. but like the Swede doesn't come yeah. to the U S and then Shiv loses her control of the, any kind of control or equity in the company. And so does Roman and it's just Kendall throwing his siblings under the bus somehow and using the evidence he has against them, against them. 
that would be kind of sick. Like I would be like <laughs> disgustingly cheering and Je- yeah. Jesse Armstrong won. Okay. Because he is even has me who is self-aware <laughs> of what the British writing team is doing to us. I am, I'm in. <laughs> so I just want everybody to try to remember that Logan and Roman and Shiv almost sent Kendall to jail for years yeah. so that they, they can all be safe. And Kendall was okay, quote unquote, with that happening. Yeah, they're all watching him from that like living room TV set on the yacht. Right. Yeah, but I could see that happening too, where Jeremy Strong goes not consequence route, although it feels like that's where it's going, but yeah. to let, hey, everyone's going to be okay because in reality, um, everything usually is okay for people who have this money and, and status. So yeah. obviously this is a show that is kind of satirizing the relationship that the public has with these mega millionaires and just celebrities or anyone like within power where we are forgiving them and right. like empathizing so with them. That's yeah. the real trick of the show. I know we've talked about it a lot, but I just want to be super transparent and almost like concise in what I think the thesis of the show is, which is that it is not satirizing necessarily these billionaires I actually think Jesse Armstrong really loves the characters he's creating. And I think he deeply sympathizes or empathizes with them. I think he is satirizing the fandom of Americans around the show and the characters that we're attaching ourselves to and projecting positive adjectives to <laughs> like, yeah. like Roman being emotionally intelligent. I definitely think that based on what I've heard from Armstrong say, it is almost like they're having a fun time watching the American reaction. <laughs> Not to make this all American centric, but it is, I mean, it is an American corporation that yeah. they're talking about. But I do think that they're kind of laughing at our expense a little bit. Yeah, I think it, the show is purposely American centric, yes, like with yeah. a Fox News corporation. Yeah. But okay, let's get to our power ranking. So uh, should we go bottom to top, bore on the floor to number one boy, or should we start? Let's start at the top. Well, first, let's remind everybody of the list from last time. Right. It's a cumulative list. Right. So our power ranking of episode five, well, one through five so far. Number one, we have Matson. Number two, Shiv. Number three, Kendall. Number four, Tom. And number five, Greg. Wow. I think you actually said last week that number five should be Jerry. And I was like, last second, I think it should be Greg because he has so much information from that you know, the Swedes. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, last week also, I wanted Shiv to be higher than Kendall, even though we knew Matson was playing Kendall. That's right. I mean, sorry, Matson was playing Shiv. And I, I said just, Kendall should be number two. Yeah. But I felt Listeners. like Shiv held kind of the most cards in that moment, even though she was being played by Matson. Well, guess who was knocked out of my top five? <laughs> I don't Wait, have Shiv what? in my five. Okay. Well, so let's go. So it's number one. Number one. Yeah. So we've had Matson every week. We have. And I put Kendall. Kendall. Number one boy. Let's go. He wrote it in the sand. It's the first time Kendall this season has been our number one boy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he deserves it. Uh, yeah. He's making moves so Matson can't buy the company or too big to, to eat or whatever Logan says. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. Number one, Kendall. Number two, Matson. Yeah. That's what I have. He's still buying the company supposedly. And we don't know if Telly, you know, has the right intel. Like we'll see. Matson also might have friends to help him out. He's a young, big tech guy. So yes. we'll see what kind of strings he can pull, but he's still in the running. Like Ken just kind of did this thing to, to pull one over and end up on top this week. Okay. So, who do you have for number three? If Shiv so isn't on your list, I don't have Shiv or Roman in my top five. I think Roman is really Roman spiraled either. out of control. Oh, I don't yeah. think he's coming back. Roman's out. I agree, which is 
perfect timing for us to reintroduce Jerry to our top five. Is Jerry your number three? Jerry's actually my number three. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I think it's because I'm scared of her now yeah. after, after that scene of her telling off Roman and then Roman telling her that she's basically nothing and her saying, I'm good at my job. I believe she is good at her job and I believe Roman is bad at his job. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> it's not going to end well for him. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Like Jerry, uh, is someone who's really interesting in this power ranking that we've been making because she's always like almost on my list throughout all the seasons. She was always number six for me. But it's yeah. also like she knows what it means to be in power and yeah. she doesn't want, she wants to be like right there and pulling the strings mm -hmm. of the person in power. Um, even though I know, I know she also does want to be CEO, like when she does get that interim position, but she's always someone weird to place because she's not making moves as much as like, maybe Shiv or the the kids are that is really number one boy energy. Like you yeah. have to have this like kind of uh, like you're not really thinking about the future. You're making all these like really crazy decisions. Very reactionary and killer Jerry, in the moment. Yeah. is so much more like calculated yeah. Yeah, and smart. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, so it's always tough because I feel like the power ranking is almost like a, a posturing like list that we make. And yeah, it's, it's like, like short-term games. The yeah, yeah exactly. no, but Jerry's long-term game. She, she's been, yeah. she's been on the outside looking in for four seasons and now she's in. Okay. I, man. Well, okay. So now that I guess, so I had well, Shiv as you, my number three. Did you have Jerry in your five at all? Jerry is at my number five. Okay. So let's go. Well, you have Shiv at three. Oh, well, okay. I just, who's four. So, okay, wait, I have Shiv at number three Okay. because I felt like she's still playing both sides. And if Matson wins, I don't know if she'll be tossed like kicked to the curb or if she'll go along with him. I'm not sure because okay. once Matson doesn't That's see that she's like, you know, useful in killing her brothers, I don't know if she, he actually values her. Right. Okay. So Shiv was at my number three because she is still playing both sides. And she was able to kill like Roman or at least have Roman go plant doubt. Right. Yeah. Then I have Tom at number four because he's back on Shiv's side. And I didn't read it as like, I do think he wants to be back with Shiv, but I also think that Tom, I still feel that moment where he said like the sad, I feel with you, um, might is, be yeah, less than less sad. Yeah. Wait, no, the sad I feel with you is, is more, more sad, sad than the sad I would feel without you. Yeah. He says he says something like that. I yeah. still feel like there are some things like they can't totally come back from. So yeah. I still think it's ultimately a chess move. Like we said, everything in this show kind of is, but uh, Tom is back on Shiv's side. So he's my number four, but I think that Jerry is probably number four for me now, if I'm thinking about it. And I totally cheated and put Jerry slash Greg at the bottom here, just because Greg is really team Ken right now. So and if Ken's at number one, Greg just can you deserves just, to be on the list. Can you read your one through five real quick on your? Yeah. So I have Ken number page. one, Matt's the number two. Those are already locked in. Okay. Right. Then I have Shiv at three, Tom at four, and then Jerry or Greg question mark at five. <laughs> okay. That's hilarious. I have uh, Kendall at number one, Matt's at number two, Jerry number three, four Tom. I, all I wrote, oh. all I wrote next to his name was baby mama. Just because oh, that's I true. I forget Shiv's pregnant. Okay. Yeah, yeah. There's some stakes there. And number five, I have Greg. Information is currency. Okay, let's put Jerry at three. So I I'm think we should go. here for it. I yeah. think Kendall, number one. Matson number two. I think we both agree Jerry should be in the five. So let's have her at three. Shiv, but is, you talked me into it. 
Shiv at four. Okay, but wait, is J- is Jerry gonna take control of the company? Because like, isn't that kind of the number one boy? I think that when she decides to use the leverage she has against Roman, if that happens, it'll be so funny for our listeners and us if that never happens to comes to fruition because. That means the writers just totally went away from that because they didn't want the stakes of that situation in this Which show. Which would be so strange. I, it, it would that, be kind of irresponsible based like based on the real world and those things actually happening. But Jerry, I have it number three because of the leverage she has over Roman. Number four, I have Shiv because I, I agree with you. So okay. like you talked me into it. I okay. didn't have her in the five, but I put her on our, our collective power ranking. Number five, I think Tom. Okay, I think that's fine. Greg is an honorary mention, Greg, as always. <laughs> not doing much enough this episode, but we do know that He's information is currency, and he has a lot of it. Yeah. So. Okay, I'm I'm cool with that. I just think that I'm cool with Jerry at three. Um, yeah. Because she's not on Matson's kill list, so I think that we might see her maybe not trying to be number one boy. Like she doesn't want to be Matson or yeah. or Ken. Like she knows kind of like how far the fall is there but I think that she wants to be number two boy. And I think that's like the smartest thing. Do you know there's only two characters all season four that we've had in our power rankings? Kendall Mm -hmm. and Tom. Interesting. Okay. Those two are the only ones that have sat. If this was Survivor, it would be those two going against one another. I don't know if that's how Survivor works. I wish they had more (laughs) scenes together. That diner scene in the middle of the night. Oh, yeah. I've seen your dad win. I've seen you lose. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Extra credits of episode six. Do you have anything? Uh, no, just direction. There was also the scene where Tom and uh, Shiv are talking to each other and the director was talking about how they had different angles of Shiv. Like at one moment, you could see three different reflections mm-hmm. of Shiv's face. And I want to go back and watch kind of all that, that blocking. Ooh, in I'd like scenes. to watch that yeah. too. Um, so I just said the final scene with Ken doing a Steve Jobs impersonation. Just, I think a, <laughs> yeah. it's a great scene that I think will probably go into Succession great. Hall of Fame. And obviously what happens after deserves recognition, just like Kendall going back to bathing himself in an ocean and writing number one boy. That'll all just live rent-free in my mind. And uh, I think, you know, just like the L to the OG scene, this Logan-Kendall conversation mid-stage in front of the audience, I do think, again, is going to be something we look back as the the top moments in succession history. Yeah, he just wants to, like, be on a cross, you know? Yeah. Uh, like, on his birthday. And he wants to be the star. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Predictions? I know you hate oh, those. I, I feel like I already gave my predictions. Like, well, the only one I'm really interested in is is Shiv going to tell Tom? Like it obviously ha- someone's going to know and everyone's going to know by the end of this season. It's just like, I don't know how it's going to happen. And I can't imagine that Shiv will tell Tom unless they are really on a team. Yeah. I feel like it will be more tragic than that where someone will find out maybe Greg, like we've talked about before. And then Tom finds out so secondhand. The way I've handled predictions, I'm about to go into Shiv because the way I've handled predictions this season is I try to give a prediction of what, how I think the show is going to end with the siblings and then I try to predict what is going to happen next episode. Okay, fair. Because if we don't watch what happens next episode, we don't watch those little trailer yeah. things they, yeah, they I don't put after the episode. So I but think we know per- Macon's coming, obviously. Yeah, I can't wait. First off, with Shiv, I'm not sure the pregnancy will amount to anything because we know this season is only 10 days in succession time. Yeah, just the knowledge of the pregnancy. Yeah. I'm thinking it's possible, and this is very distressing, but it's possible based on them uh, the directors keep on like sitting on this shiv stress and grief moments that she could have a miscarriage. Okay. And I think that would be a pretty big deal, but I I'm assuming her and Tom don't end well this season and they do not have a happy end to their marriage. And I, and it's possible that Tom actually never finds out 
about the pregnancy. Or if she does have a miscarriage, like she'll tell him after the fact or yes, something. Which would create the, which is what I, yeah, it's so dark that I don't even know how to, how we're even going to talk about that if that happens. Cause that's literally what I wrote. What I wrote in my notes is that she doesn't tell him to the end that she had a child with him, but then she had a miscarriage. Yeah. So that might happen. Um, I feel like I'm just going back to the scene where she kind of talks to him and it feels like the first time they're honest. Yeah. The other time it feels like they're honest. And she says like, I don't love you, but that's why you love me. Like that kind of dark. Yes. Yeah. Moment. I'm, I was thinking more about her biggest fear was becoming her mother. Um, and not being able to connect to her children, like her father too. And her being the person that's now kicking dogs. I just think that her not being able to have a child is going to be something that they're trying to do as a through line of her character is like okay. not wanting a family because she's so, cause she's never seen what a stable family looks like. And yeah. I think that's what they're trying to do thematically with her okay. character. And then we get to Roman. He's obviously screwed. I think Jerry will use the evidence she has against him. And I think we're witnessing him spiral out of control in front of us. And it's possible that we're being misdirected about Kendall dying of suicide and it could be Roman. I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but it's, I think I that's probably a little too mellow. Death. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably a little bit too melodramatic for the show for, for Roman to go out right after Logan. But I do think Jerry will get her, her deserved revenge team, Jerry 100%. And then with Kendall, I think the dude is a little oblivious to the fact that so many people know about the server who died in the car from the first season. Like he fled a scene. He told his siblings. Yeah. And he told the siblings and he could be charged with worse, I'm assuming, if that comes out. So that's something to keep in the, everyone in the back of our minds, because even if Kendall succeeds, there's so many people who have enough information to get him from Marsha to his siblings to what's the the, the security guy's name? Colin. Colin. Yeah, maybe he'll come back <laughs> wearing jeans so. again. Yeah. And I think that Ken, like he is also, I think, using, right? We saw him drink no we, we saw him take a sip of champagne okay but that was a little bit worrying you called that out that was a great call because the directors and writers have been very specific when they do show us kendall touching alcohol again because yeah. that is kind of the the first leap and when he was drinking in this episode uh like episode six i thought he was drinking a beer like during this investor investor oh, conference no, but it was like a lacroix it was lacroix yeah. and yeah. it totally threw me because i was like no i literally screamed no <laughs> in our living room no kendall um and then with mattson I'm sure he's going to get his power back, but I'm assuming Shiv knowing about the blood and possibly Greg knowing too will come back to hurt him somehow. And the only thing I'm really in the dark about and have no opinions on whatsoever is Mankin and Connor and the election. I am really curious to how Mankin and Matson, which is what I think is going to happen, is that they're going to team up. I would assume. Interesting. Okay. I don't know if we haven't really talked about this at all, but I think one of the reasons Matson wants ATN is because he agrees with Mankin's campaign or he wants to control that campaign. Oh, so he can control like the, or have that connection to the white the political House? power of the United States. Yeah. I guess that it is. Maybe that goes unsaid because Logan had all these kind of like breaks mm -hmm. and just things go away because he was friends with, what did they call him? I don't know. The Wait, it, no, no, they're, uh, yeah. he's friends with the, Oh, uh, the California, uh, raisin. Yeah. The raisin. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, um, I, he basically had all these things like fixed for him because he had a direct line to the president. And I think you might be right, even though it hasn't been said that Mankin will have that kind of power too. I wouldn't be surprised if Mankin mentions to the siblings that he knows Matson. But yeah, I'm excited for that. So episode seven, next episode is called tailgate party. It's written by Will Tracy who was the co-writer of last year's film, The Menu. 
and we had on Seth Reese, his co-writer from that movie, on an earlier podcast. So I think this episode is going to be hilarious because yeah. he's a great writer and he knows how to satirize things. He's, I think, one of the heads at The Onion, Will Tracy is. So he's a great satirist. He's one of the best in the world. Yeah, so I'm I can't excited. wait till they dive back into politics again. I love that episode where they're picking the president. Yes, <laughs> I can't wait too. All right. That was the extra credits of season four, episode six of Succession. We have a mailbag episode dropping this week. We have a Guardians of the Galaxy trilogy episode dropping later this week. And Daniel Goldhaber, director of How to Blow Up a Pipeline, is still scheduled to come on the show. There's been a writer strike that has slowed down some of the interviews, which is a good time to say the best films in television are only possible with the creativity and talent of writers. So pay them accordingly, obviously. And Succession is probably the prime example of that for television. Mm -hmm. Writers make this show possible. We wouldn't have these performances or great memorable dialogue from these siblings if it wasn't for these writers. Also, listeners, we're an independent show and we appreciate your support. We've gotten tons of five-star ratings on Spotify. We really appreciate that. But if you have an iPhone which apparently most of the population does (laughs) support our show by leaving us a rating on Apple. And if you have something nice to say about what we do here on the podcast, it'll go a long way for the algorithm gods. If you leave an Apple review for us, even if you exclusively like use Spotify, like I do just head over to that little pink icon, Apple podcasts and just leave one. one Is it a pink icon? Isn't it like purple? I thought it's pink. I don't know. I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Goodbye to all of our ATN citizens and pitch bots out there. You can catch our deep dive of the deep dive of Succession Season 4, Episode 6 on Extra Credits Plus, where we're going to cover this show (laughs) in video format and audio. This has been Trey. And this is Kelsey. Peace. Bye. Bye.